0: M S W Media. Blues with swearing. Till the beans, till the beans, till the
1: beans, till
2: the beans.
0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. Today, six Russian GRU officers are indicted by former members of the Comey Five. The mute button on the debate mics is a go. The Supreme Court denies the Republicans' request to not count votes in Pennsylvania. Bill Barr and the Department of Justice say Trump can lie about raping people as long as he's the president. And more than 50 former intelligence officials sign a letter saying that Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinformation, and former RNC Chair Michael Steele endorses Biden for president. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today is Dana Goldberg. Hello. Hey, Dana, how are you today?
1: I am. (laughs) It's such a funny question. Every time I'm getting by, we have less than two weeks 13 days i think uh if my math is correct i was a phys ed major but i still think i have that down i'm I'm doing well though i mean all things considered and compared to some i'm doing just fine how are you
0: ah i'm okay um but yeah i every time i ask that now i think back to when i asked mary trump how she was doing yeah
1: she was like uh people need to stop asking me that (laughs) i decided i'm not going to like ask people anymore i'm just gonna be like hey what's good that's the new question. Hey, what's good? I like it. I'm going to switch. I'm going to steal that from you
0: um, because I'm a hack. Uh, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I I, appreciate it much more than than when people ask me how I'm doing because, you know, like you said, I, I, do you want the real story or, you know. My God. Mm. Um, so th- today, cool show today, I'm going to be speaking with two of the top reporters for Congress and national security at Politico, respectively, Kyle Cheney and Natasha Bertrand. And I'll speak with Kyle about how Joe Biden can build back the reservoir of trust in the intelligence community after it's been relentlessly attacked and dismantled by Trump. And I'll speak with Natasha Bertrand about how 50 intelligence experts have signed on to a letter saying the Hunter Biden story is Russian disinformation. And everybody called me crazy, but 50 top intelligence experts agree. Uh, So (laughs) we're going to talk to Natasha about that. That's a fun interview. Um, I'm going to start a new book club this week on the Andrew Weissman book called Where Law Ends Inside the Mueller Investigation. That'll come out on Saturdays for patrons. And speaking of the MSW book club... You and I, Dana, just wrapped the Mary Trump series with the hour-long episode with Mary where she answers our patron questions. We were
1: just talking about that. So generous with her time and funny and po- and poignant and just we get to see the best of Mary during these interviews. So I do hope that you got to see that as a patron. And if you're not, pay the extra money. It's just worth it. She somehow is the only sane one. Of that family yep, and if you 're a patron, you also get the video that Dana was unaware <laughs> I could have killed you, could have killed you. I texted a g and I said, "Hey, I think we should use the video just so we can see each other and apparently that was a green light to release the video <laughs> and you 're lucky I had pants on. I got up during one part of it, and I was like yeah that 's right. you know they, these girls can see me in my my running shorts and my pajama in my pajama shorts i didn 't know your entire patron." I was going to see it.
0: <laughs> hey, fortunately, the same week it happened, Jeffrey Tubin had to go and, like, you know, grudge tug during a Zoom call.
1: I mean, Jesus. I mean, ugh. you know, I understand people need to take care of themselves. And listen, we're asking you to work in your masturbatorium, like where most people take care of that. However... I don't see any women, you know what I mean? No. Pulling out their lunch meat at the deli counter. I can't. I'm so, I just, the guys. <laughs> the guys. Just reminded of Pat and Oswald. I want all the
0: ham. <laughs> 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 oh, Lord. Um, But yeah, so if you're a patron, you get that. You get to see the video and uh, it's just three bucks a month to get the premium feed. That gets you access to not just the Mary Trump Book Club and the upcoming Andrew Weissman one, but the archive of all of our book clubs. I think we've done seven now Um, and you get ad-free episodes of this show and you get you get it the night before and the weekly newsletter that has all my personal research notes and citations so if you can't swing it right now because trump has destroyed the economy we do have patrons who are donating one-year memberships for 36 bucks so to sign up for beyond to be on the list to receive one of those just go to dailybeanspod.com uh we do have a lot of news to get to so let's hit the hot notes let's do it awesome. hot notes Baby. All right, so lead story today, six Russians have been indicted the United the United States on Monday, the United States us unsealed (laughs) criminal charges against the six Russian intelligence officers in in connection with some of the world's most damaging cyber attacks, including disruption of Ukraine's power grid, uh, the release of a mock ransomware virus that infected computers globally and caused billions of dollars in damage. Uh, That group, authorities allege, also hacked computers supporting the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea. They hacked and leaked emails of individuals involved in Emmanuel Macron's 2017 campaign for the president of France and targeted the organization's investigation. Into poisoning uh, the poisoning of former Russian operative Sergei Skripal two years ago in Britain with Novichok.
1: Busy people, I know. Uh,
0: Like, well, these this is oddly well not oddly, but they're members of the same intelligence agency that was previously charged in connection with efforts to interfere in twenty sixteen. Right seven four four five five, which is Fancy Bear. They hacked the DNC and the DCCC and John Podesta's emails. One of those charged Monday. Uh, 29-year-old baby, oh. uh, Anatoly Kovalev, or Kovalev, was also indicted as part of special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation of the alleged conspiracy to hack American election systems that year. So, two for, for that guy. But the new indictment does not charge any Russians with attempting to interfere in this year's election. An official said the announcement was not timed to the current political schedule. Uh-huh. But it seems like a shot across the bow to me, right? Sh- uh, absolutely. We see what you're doing. And uh, especially in light of, you know, what Rudy Giuliani is trying to pull with his little Russian op, uh, which is exactly mirrors the 2017 uh, Emmanuel Macron uh, France um, hack, which is indicted in these charges. It's just like the similarities. Uh, Deputy Director of the FBI, David Bowditch, said the charges show that time and again, Russia has made it clear they will not abide by accepted norms. And although none of the defendants are in custody, the Justice Department officials say the indictment educates the American public. It's a speaking indictment, just like the 26 you know, Mueller indictments right. of Russians. Yeah. Uh, and there's no safe haven abroad, and it offers support to those who have been hurt as well. So, And David Bowditch, as we know, one of the Comey Five, he was one of the original five members of, of the FBI um, you know, top echelon that had received or were told about Comey's spontaneous memos of when Trump asked for loyalty from him. So,
1: right. And it's nice. To, and it is to see that they're doing these warning shots of like, hey, listen, we're going to get you. So you decide how much you actually want to be involved in this at this point. A- absolutely. We see you. And oh. Take you down. The next. Speaking of seeing, although also seeing and hearing the debate. Debate is this Thursday. This is October twenty second. Now, Trump, as we know, is mad that this won't be a foreign policy debate because he probably doesn't want to have to answer more COVID questions. It's really not looking good, Ag. So, if I was him, I would also want to change the subject as much as possible. I also think he really wants an opportunity to talk about this by, uh, you know, the, the disinformation that's going around with Hunter Biden. But uh, the foreign policy debate, that was actually supposed to be the one Trump canceled in favor of doing his own NBC town hall opposite Joe Biden. And I'm starting to think that NBC also set Trump up for that. And he didn't even realize it. I was so mad at them until I saw the town hall (laughs) right yeah then it wasn't as mad it wasn't as mad yeah uh so yes the debate commission thank god said that you can mute trump or biden but come on i mean they can do this with a touch of a button if trump or biden (laughs) doesn't shut up but let's be honest the mute buttons for trump we we know this i I, he's gonna scream over it i know he's gonna scream he's gonna want it doesn't even matter what question they ask him. A.G., I really think he's just going to start screaming about, well, what about Hunter? Like, Mm. that's going to be the answer to every question. Mm. What about Hunter? Uh, So the commission on presidential debate said Monday night that it will mute President Trump's and Democratic nominee Joe Biden's microphones during parts of Thursday's presidential debate at Belmont University. And Nashville, the commission said it will give Trump and Biden two minutes apiece to speak uninterrupted at the start of each segment. And let's be honest, this is the only fix they could have done for this. He is a petulant three-year-old child. And unless they take away his megaphone, he's not going to shut up.
0: Yeah. And even
1: if they take away his megaphone, he's just going to keep screaming. He's going <laughs> to yell into the void. It's going to be beautiful. You know, and I hope Joe just looks at him and continues talking very calmly while Trump is screaming into not a microphone. Yeah. I, I just, its it'll be interesting. I'm going to be surprised if he even shows up, to be honest with you. But
0: yeah. And, and with that, what he did at the 60 minute Leslie Stahl interview today, I, I guess he was in there, he was supposed to be in there for an hour or he, you know, after 45 minutes, he was supposed to return and do a walking interview with Pence or something. And he just, he yeah. he stormed out, pouted. And uh, and now
1: he says he's gonna. Yeah. He said he's going to release the interview. He's thinking of, I'm um, thinking of releasing the interview 60 minutes early. And we're like, don't you mean 45 minutes? Cause that wasn't a 60 minute interview. Uh. So the public can see what fake news and a biased interview looks like. I'm like, oh, man, he must have really shit the bed <laughs> for him to be like, I'm going to release this early and try and get on top of yeah, it. Yeah, I think what he means is we're going to alter
0: that video and doctor it yeah. and release it early to to lie and then make you think when it really comes out that that's the doctored one because we did it first. That's what we're going <laughs> hope to do. And hope to God that you don't try and watch the actual show. Yeah. And who knows what he was mad about? Uh, probably asked questions about covid again but or maybe you know the illegitimacy of this uh, rudy op um which i'm hearing rumors now by the way room int rumor intelligence that rudy's been working for months now setting up a fake pedophile ring in eastern europe somewhere oh where God. he's gonna well that's what they're saying where he's yeah. gonna get like fake arrests done from his like uh you Know, uh, corrupt buddies, uh, Russian backed Ukrainians, uh, to get him to make fake arrests and then say it's real and blame uh, Biden for it. So that'll be f- stupid when that happens because oh my god, if I know about it, then you're just you know, you're dumb.
1: Yeah, if we already knew, if we already know about it, mm. the cat's
0: sort of out of the bag. Yeah, maybe he's also mad about this because the Supreme Court, you know, has blocked. The Republicans in Pennsylvania on Monday night, they allowed Pennsylvania election officials to count mail-in ballots received up to three days after the election as uh, after Election Day, as long as they're postmarked by Election Day. This is refusing a Republican request to stop a pandemic related procedure approved by the state's highest court. The court was tied four to four, but that means a, a request to put the state court's ruling on hold failed. So the court's four most conservative justices, Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh, said they would have granted the stay. Because, of course, they would have. But it takes five votes to issue a stay, fuckers. And Chief Justice John Roberts Jr. sided with the liberal justices, you know, Breyer, Sotomayor, and
1: Kagan. So suck it he really <laughs> so suck it i mean roberts has surprised me a few times over the years but I, you know also don't trust him as far as i can throw him
0: anyway yeah i don't and once amy coney barrett gets in there i'll have some padding to you know not be not be cool anymore
1: um yeah but i also wonder if he's going to turn into like the susan collins of you know the supreme court and be like this you know i'm going to vote the other way knowing that it's not going to matter because we still have a five to four so he's going to try and look like the good guy we'll see what happens uh, the next news story, though, I really do love this is uh, the former RNC chair Michael Steele endorses who? Joe Biden. Yes, former national. Yep. Former Republican National Committee chairman Michael Steele endorsed Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden on Tuesday, saying the former vice president will pursue options that work towards healing the divide. Worsened by president. Worsened by who, Allison? <laughs> I'm sorry. Who? I'm sorry. Who's worsened the, 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 the by, Worsened by President Donald Trump. Now, uh, Steele was the first African-American to be elected to statewide office in Maryland, serving as lieutenant governor from 2003 to 2007. He was also the first African-American to serve as chairman of the RNC. Now, Steele, very, very smart man, has joined the Lincoln Project, uh, as we know, a group of Republicans opposing Trump's reelection in August. In a quote, uh, many of Donald Trump's supporters bring legitimate concerns to the table, during my time leading the GOP, I endeavored to address these and other grievances through the lens of unity and growth. But Trump has energized the party through the exact opposite means, by focusing on stoking division and eroding our core principles, Steele said in a statement issued by the Lincoln Project. Mm. Allison, Trump at this point, Donald is trying to energize his base by throwing a hairdryer into a full <laughs> bathtub. Like that. at this point, it's not even energizing. He's electrocuting and killing his base.
0: Yeah. And and uh, I mean, they can't. Keep- Keep saying like they keep trying to tell him like stop attacking the media stop attacking Dr. Fauci you know and he just keeps doing this dumbass shit I cannot wait I frankly I like almost like how you have to like watch a train wreck I can't wait to see this sixty minute this forty five minute interview I should say we should change the name of the show
1: into <laughs> forty five minutes yeah just for Trump
0: yeah and here's something uh. That blew my mind, although we'd already kind of heard this, but now they've put it in writing from the Department of Justice. They say that Trump can lie, can, he may lie about raping people because he's the president. Basically, Justice Department lawyers have argued they can and should defend President Trump in a defamation lawsuit brought by E. Jean Carroll, who claims that he sexually assaulted her decades ago. And this is according to a government filing Monday in advance of a court hearing on the issue that's going to happen later this week. Um, the case arose out of a memoir by E. Jean Carroll. Like I said, she's former Elle magazine columnist who accused Trump of raping her in a dressing room at Bergdorf's, Ber- Bergdorf Goodman's in manhattan during the mid-90s and he denied it calling her a liar and not my type after which she sued for defamation now of course he remembers this clearly but he can't remember like two weeks ago whether or not he right um now last month the justice department sought to intervene in the case arguing the federal tort claims act means the government not the president personally should be the defendant in the defamation case The uh, FTCA gives elected officials wide latitude to avoid lawsuits over public statements, their own public statements. And if the Justice Department wins that argument in court, Carroll's suit would probably be dismissed. The Justice Department's intervention was viewed by critics on the decision as an attempt by Barr to protect the president. Like he's his personal fucking attorney, which we've heard a million times. Barr has defended his department's involvement, saying the case law is clear and any outrage is byproduct of the country's bizarre political environment. Saying that, you know, wanting to get some DNA to prove whether or not or, you know, or clear his name in a rape case is a bizarre political environment, I guess. Um, The Justice Department filing argues that under such circumstances, Trump's response was within his official duties and directly relevant as his role as president and leader of the executive branch and more generally is a necessary part of federal elected officials jobs. denying rape denying that they lied about rape is a is part of the job i guess of being president
1: allison the other thing and i know you're gonna touch on this and there's just a tiny bit left in the story but this is also basically saying that he's admitting he raped her yeah like that's also part of this this problem like if anyone wanted to exonerate themselves trump does this with all kinds of things with his taxes oh my god you want to prove you're a billionaire take out your fucking taxes you want to prove you didn't rape this woman give your dna i it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. And and
0: that's exactly it. Like the, the argument, the, that the argument isn't I never raped her is, wow, it's uh, I'm the president. I'm allowed to lie about it or, or I'm allowed to call her a liar about it, I think is more accurate. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, because I'm the president and that's part of my duties is to call women I've raped a liar. Like, like that, Ugh. that is the fucking legal argument. And it's given me... The heebie-jeebies, and I don't like it.
1: Not only that, I'm pissed off that I'm the one paying for this fucking defense now. Yeah, like we as taxpayers are now suddenly defending the president of the United States in a rape case. How much weirder is this going to? I don't even want to ask. Actually, I take it back. I don't know what you have to do to take a sentence back right now in 2020, but I take it back. I don't want to know how much weirder this can get. Yeah, or how much it costs. Oh, fuck that. I'd rather him golf. Just stop raping women. I'll pay for you to go playing 18 at Pebble Beach if you stop raping women, Donald Trump. (laughs) god
0: Ugh. anyway um, so that literally happened this week and uh, it's it, you know how like we th- we say like I, d- I didn't think it could get worse but I honestly think it's because we aren't evil diabolical fuck faces that we are unable yeah. to imagine the depths to which he will sink so when he does we are shocked yet somehow unsurprised it's like schrodinger's surprise it is absolutely absolutely yeah.
1: well said very well said
0: well, thank you very much. Uh, we will be right back with Natasha Bertrand. We're going to discuss her story about 50, five, zero, intelligence officials pending a letter saying the Hunter Biden story is Russian disinformation. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG for the Daily Beans. I'm pretty handy at most things. Used to be a nuclear reactor operator. Technical difficulties don't usually throw me off, but I have to be honest, when the check engine light comes on in my car, I freak out a little. I immediately feel anxious, I'm nervous, I'm worried about the potential fortune it's gonna cost me for whatever the heck is wrong. But now that I have car shield, I don't worry about that anymore. Car Shield offers a wide range of protection plans that can save you thousands on covered repair, which means the check engine light is a lot less scary when it when it comes on now. You have the freedom to choose your favorite mechanic or your dealership to do do the work and Car Shield takes care of the rest. Even if your car breaks down while you're traveling, the choice of repair shop is still up to you. And on top of that, there's no long term contracts or commitments. Payments are flexible and Car Shield plans are customized to your exact needs. CarShield has helped one million drivers, and that's why they're America's number one auto protection company. I used to dread car repairs, especially with all of the computer chips and GPS systems that are now in modern cars. But with CarShield, I have peace of mind. Get coverage today and see why CarShield cars go farther. Call 800-665-2157 and mention code DAILYBEANS or visit CarShield.com and use code DAILYBEANS to save 10%. That's CarShield.com and use code DAILYBEANS. A deductible may apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Joining me today from the National Security Desk at Politico is Natasha Bertrand to discuss her latest scoop that more than 50 former senior intelligence officials have signed onto a letter outlining their belief that the recent disclosure of emails allegedly belonging to Joe Biden's son, quote, has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. Natasha, welcome. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. This story is amazing. First of all, congratulations on the story. Uh, this is a uh, some of the names in this letter, which you got, by the way, the same day that Ratcliffe said Biden's laptop is not part of a Russian disinformation campaign, uh, right? <laughs> which means it is. Um, some of the s- signatories Russ Travers, Glenn Gerstel, Cynthia Strand, Panetta, Brennan, Mike Hayden, they all say they have no direct evidence, but there's a number of factors upon which they draw this conclusion. And I was wondering if you could go over some of those factors.
3: Yeah, so they all signed onto this letter because they have been seeing this Hunter Biden email saga play out over the last few weeks. And it strikes them as very similar to what happened in 2016 with the hacking and leaking operation by the Russians. And they point to a few different things. <sighs> One of the things they point to is uh, the hack on Burisma, which is the energy company that Hunter Biden, um, the board Hunter Biden sat on the board of, and is at the center of so much of the allegations against him. The Russians hacked that last year. And so they say that that could be, you know, one, one data point in this entire weird saga, is that something out of that hack may be contributing to what we're seeing now. Another one is that um, Rudy Giuliani, who, Gave all this information to the New York Post has been in touch directly with someone who the U.S. government says is a Russian agent and has been for the last 10 years. And that's Andre Durkach. And Durkach has been paddling pretty much the same exact information about Biden that we've seen being released over the last couple of weeks. He actually even advertised a laptop um, about a month ago and has been teasing information uh, about, you know, corruption allegations against the Bidens for about a year now, actually. So Giuliani is not obviously a trustworthy figure in any of this. And that is something that they point to in their letter. Um, And then, you know, they just say that because it is, you know, a laptop and like the shady story about it being dropped off at a Mac repair shop in Delaware, um, right around the time of impeachment, it being given to Giuliani and, you know, the FBI and, you know, the inability for any kind of mainstream outlets to confirm the authenticity of the emails, it just kind of Smells like a Russian hand in this, and that doesn't necessarily mean the Russian government. Maybe it's you know hackers or whatever. But the intelligence officials seem to believe that this does bear the hallmarks, at least, of something that the Kremlin might do to try to muddy the waters.
0: Right, and and I think you said here, you say in here that Politico was uh, not able to confirm the authenticity of these emails either. Correct. We haven't been able to. Um, the New
3: York Post said that it had a copy of the hard drive of Hunter Biden's laptop that was given to them by Giuliani. But we have not been able to get a hold of that hard drive, for example. And even if we were, it's hard to see how we might verify the authenticity of each and every email that's on there. A, A running theory right now among people close to the Biden campaign is perhaps that some of these emails were planted, some were edited there's just no way to be sure. I mean, they point obviously to the hack of Macron's um, information back when he was running for uh, election in, in France for re-election. And the Russians got into his stuff, planted you know fake things in there along with real ones. The fake things were obviously very salacious and made it very confusing for people who were trying to cover a hack. So ultimately, The media just didn't cover it because they weren't sure what was authentic and what wasn't. So the Russians could be trying the same play right now where, you know, this laptop kind of comes out of nowhere two weeks before the election. Some things on there appear to point to, um, you know, wrongdoing by Joe Biden and his son or, you know, contradictory statements by Joe Biden about his involvement in his son's business interests. But we haven't been able to verify that any of them are real.
0: Right. And like you brought up the timing uh, right around the, you know, the Burisma hack uh, that was reported in the Times. And then, of course, uh, you know, Frank Figalisi pointed out that one of like the metadata on some of the PDF email, like of the PDFs for the emails, uh, put it in the Central European time zone and... Uh, on October 10th, which is the day that Harness and Fruman were indicted, and the day before that they were nabbed at the airport, Rudy was planning a trip to Vienna, which is in Central Europe. Mm-hmm. Like it's all just so obvious, I guess. Um, and and like you said, Eve Derkoc that pal- has been palling around with Rudy Giuliani, even Steve. Uh, Minutian slap put him on the mm-hmm. OFAC list, like sanctioned him and said he was a. Like, do you know how Russian you have to be for <laughs> Minutian to put sanctions on you? Uh, and most reasonable people that have been following all you know, you and your reporting in the Mueller investigation have speculated that the post story was a Russian op. But like you said, it's those kind of things that make so many intelligence experts agree that it's the Russian government and not another foreign actor. But did did did, did you get anything in the letter or any sense from any of these folks if you interviewed them? That like Rudy might just be going rogue, like you said, it might not be the Kremlin directly, but because because given how sloppy this is, um, you know, like when we saw Jacob Wool and Berkman make a bunch of phone calls, like Cambridge Analytica did in twenty sixteen, like they just did it on their own, right? Uh, really sloppily. Could this be a like a rogue Rudy Giuliani? I think it's possible,
3: um, but but it's also we have to look at the contacts that. Rudy has been palling around with over the last year and a half. Um, And his express purpose um, over the last 18 months has been to um, prove that Joe Biden um, acted corruptly in Ukraine. And that's also been obviously a Russian goal. Um, And the people that he's been meeting with on this subject have been, you know, at least one of them, at least the most prominent one that he's been meeting with multiple times is apparently a Russian agent, according to Donald Trump's administration. Um, So I I think that if he were acting rogue um it might be, be maybe he thinks he is because he, the russians have been acting through cutouts and that was obviously a big excuse that the trump campaign members of the trump campaign used in 2016 well we didn't know that you know this person was a russian agent or that they were connected to the government etc um so i i just think that it's kind of implausible given the 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 people, the shady people, Ukrainians that, you know, pro-Russia Ukrainians that Giuliani's been palling around with that that they wouldn't have some kind of hand in
0: this. Yeah. And it makes me like the name I keep going back to is for Tosh. Right. He's awaiting mm-hmm. extradition here and he still hasn't been extradited for, I think, bri- bribery charges in Chicago, I think. I, I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. But. I mean, he's there. He's who Parnas and Fruman and Giuliani were going to go visit. And they, he's apparently or have there's been some ties with fraud guarantee. What a great name for a business. <laughs> uh, and so I'm wondering if, you know, if he, you know, and this is just speculation, me and you like uh, shooting the breeze, but like he, he could be the cutout, which means Rudy is sloppy and the Kremlin is not, you know?
3: Yeah, I mean, who knows? It's there are a lot of actors in in, you know, Ukraine and then Russia who don't want a Joe Biden presidency because, you know, Joe Biden has actually proven to be pretty tough on corruption in Ukraine. He fired a prosecutor who the international community agreed was not tough enough on Ukraine. Um, uh, was not tough enough on corruption in Ukraine. So, I think you know there are a lot of people. And I was speaking to someone who dealt in energy issues in Ukraine earlier today, and he he emphasized there are a lot of people in this space who are worried about you know potential extradition to the United States and potential corruption charges if Biden is elected president. So they have a lot to lose. There are a lot of actors in that in that space that are not that are trying everything that they can to not, you know, to keep him from being elected.
0: Yeah. And it kind of brings back all the memories of um, Yovanovitch's testimony uh, about what to corruption she was trying to stop and then having to be pulled out. And, you know, she's going to go through some things during the whole impeachment trial.
3: Right right it's very similar and you know she was there uh she made enemies there because she was tough on corruption and she was trying to root it out and people saw her people there saw her as a meddler and they didn't like it and you know Giuliani in particular was was instrumental in that whisper campaign as well so there's been this pretty wholesale effort um to you know get people out of there that might be strong on corruption which is why it's very interesting to see this projection happening with, well, no, Joe Biden is actually the corrupt one. We're the ones that are saving Ukraine. Um, it's not a realistic uh, picture of what's happening at all.
0: No. Um, and, you know, I, I there's going to be more, I'm sure, between now and Election Day. This is their, I think this is the time frame they've sort of all been waiting for.
3: Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why this is coming out now. And, you know, the laptop has apparently been in their possession uh, for well over a year. And it's it's all just a bit uh, too coincidental. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Agreed. Uh, Well, thank you so much, everyone. You can see the piece uh, in Politico. National security correspondent Natasha Bertrand. Thanks for speaking with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with another interview from Politico. Stay with us. Hey everybody, it's AG for the Daily Beans, and this portion of the podcast is brought to you by the New Yorker. I've been a huge fan of the New Yorker ever since I was a kid. For the longest time, decades now, I remember picking up my first copy and being drawn by the art and the design and the colors, and of course the cartoons. And we're so proud to have their support. The New Yorker has always been the best of the best in print and online. The New Yorker stands apart for its commitment to truth and accuracy, quality writing, and compelling reporting and storytelling. Truth and accuracy. I remember those things. The New Yorker is considered by many to be one of the most influential publications in the world. The New Yorker's wit. Weekly print issues and daily online articles cover a wide range of topics, and there's something for everyone. There's politics and news, you know, which is my thing. You can also get international affairs, climate change, the environment, pop culture, which I love, the arts, fiction, food, humor, and of course, the cartoons. The New Yorker has become the daily digital destination for news and cultural coverage, publishing 10 to 15 exclusive site only stories every day. In addition to that, you can use their apps, read from the online archive going all the way back to 1925, solve the crossword puzzle, keep your brain sharp, and more. In both Print and online digital issues. The New Yorker has content for the best writers in America today. Some of my favorite contributing writers uh, include the television critic Emily Nussbaum, who won the Pulitzer Prize in 2016, Doreen St. Felix, who covers the highs and lows of today's culture, and won the Ellie Award for columns and commentary in 2019. A 12 week subscription is just $6 and includes discounts um, for our listeners. And for a limited time, you get 12 weeks of The New Yorker for just $6. That's an average savings of 50%. Plus, listeners of the show will receive an exclusive tote bag free so go to newyorker.com slash daily beans that's newyorke com slash daily beans to get 12 weeks of the new yorker online and digital and in print for just six dollars and a free tote bag newyorker.com slash daily beans all right everybody welcome back joining me today for the interview is reporter for politico covering congress kyle cheney kyle welcome to the show thanks for speaking with me today thanks so much for having me Uh, So you just penned an incredible piece uh, with tons of just so much investigative reporting that you and Natasha Bertrand did in Politico on a subject very close to our hearts, number two in the On Tyranny book. By Timothy Snyder about supporting our institutions. And this is about Trump's denigration of the intelligence community and how Joe Biden advisors and allies in Congress are already thinking about, quote, what a heavy lift it will be to restore morale inside the agencies, legitimacy on Capitol Hill, and public trust in the intelligence community's leadership should Biden defeat Trump in November. And this is according to more than a dozen people close to the Biden campaign that you spoke to. Can you tell us what you found?
2: Sure. well you I mean, you laid it out perfectly i think uh what we heard repeatedly was just a systemic uh demoralization of the intelligence community the uh you know based on not just trump's disinterest which we illustrated pretty nicely uh with his request during a highly classified briefing to cut it short and get a milkshake <laughs> um which was kind of emblematic i guess in that world of his disinterest and and taking it seriously uh and also um but his more of his outright actual hostility to the intelligence agencies that we've seen manifest over and over again, partly born out of his frustration with the Russia investigation and how he viewed that as a personal attack and has applied that to the entire intelligence community writ large. Um, so what we heard essentially was that's the hill that the next president is going to have to climb. If it's Joe Biden, if he wins, is going to have to come approach it with this knowledge that this the intelligence community as a whole has just taken daily Uh, attack daily beatings, I guess, from the president, um, you know, in terms of uh, the relationship between the White House and the intelligence community, and that has led to other consequences uh, and concerns about politicization and all that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you and I could sit here and swap stories about the carelessness carelessness with which this administration and Trump in particular has paid to classified information and intelligence. We could talk about the Kislyak meeting in the Oval Office when he said, ah, uh, you know what, I know you guys interfered, but so do we. Or uh, here's a little bit of Israeli intelligence for you to take home with you. Or during the Mar-a-Lago, uh, when he was, uh, you know, t- uh, having an op against Syria with the bombs and showing it. I think it was President Xi, and there's all these people around with phone lights. Or the, every time he's at the Resolute Desk with a, like an unsecure lock bag of intelligence. I mean, it's just the the it's endless. And but yeah, you're right. Considering the actual attacks, like forthright attacks on the intelligence community that have been happening since, especially since that intelligence community assessment came out in 2017 about Russian interference. But you talked to quite a few people here. Uh, I know General Hayden, who I love, by the way, he says a couple of people at the ODNI are going to have to go. Absolutely. And then he also said something about Haspel having to go. Uh, as just kind of early steps on on rebuilding this trust,
2: yeah, and I think that was that's one of the questions we've had is a lot of t- times in h- historically some of these intelligence community leaders, they're sort of apolitical. they're sort of the people who can carry over from administration. To- Administration, they have terms sometimes that extend beyond one presidential administration into another. But here, I think we're hearing a lot about the need for a clean slate. The fact that a lot of anyone who's sort of been in the Trump orbit is essentially uh, tainted by it, uh, and that doesn't necessarily come, you know, come with uh, the legitimacy, the bipartisan legitimacy that that previous intel leaders have had. That may not be true of everyone in the Trump intelligence community um but as you heard you know we heard from sources who who identified people who who just gotten too deep into it at this point to come out of it on the other side like people who could who could also serve under a Joe Biden for example
0: Yeah, I don't know that I could see anybody currently. And that's the real shame about the intelligence community is because normally you can bring people along who have been serving in these positions. But I think everyone with uh, any kind of integrity or who is providing oversight into this administration has been ousted, leaving a lot of uh, either sycophants or people who just aren't who are just kind of trying to keep their heads down, like you said, like Gina Haspel or Chris Ray. Uh, who are just trying to make it through? That I don't think that they still could, could you know, be justified in a Biden administration. And you talked talked to people like Gerstel and Blinken, who all who all concur, right? What were there any recommendations?
2: Yeah, so actually, the most interesting stuff um, I found was what we what uh, was described to us as a, a, a targeted callback that that Joe by one of his first actions, if he be, if he's president elect, is to do a targeted callback, which essentially means. Find all the people who left because they couldn't take working for Trump. Find all the people who were who were ousted or supplanted by political appointees, um, and get bring them back. And the name I heard over and over again from people on Capitol Hill was was Sue Gordon, um, who who served as Dan Coates' number two and was viewed as someone who would take on that role. And Coates left until she was supplanted by uh, Trump's more you know, politically uh, allied uh, you know, p- picks instead. Um, and so she left and. You know, she's she's not necessarily I think she's more emblematic of what I think people on the hill would like to see. They don't necessarily need to be her. they like her. Um, but anyone like her like her who who's, who is viewed again as a bipartisan actor, someone who is, has the respect of the intelligence community but also lawmakers, um, is someone they want to see in those roles.
0: Now did you run across any pushback or or maybe issues where people cuz we've been like okay here's the dream cabinet right and but we're bringing back all these super partisan and and people who weren't intending to be partisan but ended up being partisan but you know we're like that maybe could cause a problem that could keep div- div- divisiveness going but like what about some people like for example lieutenant colonel now I colonel vindman or fiona hill or masha yovanovich Yovanovitch, people who aren't they, you know, aren't partisan, but Trump made them partisan. Does that still kind of put the stink of partisanship on them?
2: You know, that's a question we've kind of confronted a bit, and I think, you know, at least what we're hearing is is the answer is no. People like like Vinman. Yes, he became sort of a, a Trump boogeyman, but but until that moment, till the moment of impeachment, was not it was that was just never viewed that way. And a lot of people uh, fit that you know fit that bill um, who would not be viewed as partisan but for tangling with trump during impeachment and i don't think those people are inherently radioactive you know one interesting you know person to me is, is someone like an adam schiff who has literally become the the the, the trump uh, arch enemy the arch rival at least trump has fashioned him that way and you know maybe in, a, in his historically you could see someone like him becoming a dni but would he be confirmable at this point even i mean i guess in a 51 vote senate yes potentially but but Someone like him who may have once throughout history been confirmable, maybe have a tougher slog now.
0: Right. Or even if you had an easy slog of it, if we flip the Senate, is it the right thing to do? Or do we bring up somebody who's a longtime career prosecutor who nobody really knows but is an incredible you know, uh, person with amazing experience. Right. And, and
2: I think, you know, Joe Biden's whole ethos has been about, you know, healing, uh, and, and sort of trying to repair, repair the damage of the last few years. And so putting in sort of even people who are perceived to be, uh, partisan warriors might cut against that. So that's, that would be sort of in the vein of appointing someone with bipartisan cred, uh, if they're feeling, you know, if you're in this scenario and they're feeling somewhat conciliatory and and. Wanting to move in that direction after the election,
0: yeah, and it might be a good idea, especially if you know. And he recently answered this question in the last town hall that was supposed to be a debate, but Trump uh, chickened out. Uh, He he was asked, you know, uh, you know, Mueller put forth all of these obstruction of justice charges. What are you going to do with that? And Biden is like, that's the Department of Justice, not me. I don't tell the Department of Justice what to do and what not to do. I let the Department of Justice be the Department of Justice. I'm going to put some fine prosecutors in there, and if they find crimes. They prosecute. It's got nothing to do with me, etc. And I was like, yes. And so I think he's sort of saying, yeah, you're probably going to find some crimes in in the Trump administration, but maybe as a as sort of a balance to that, we don't put folks like Adam Schiff in the cabinet who I would personally, but maybe Joe Biden doesn't.
2: And and maybe Joe, maybe he would, maybe he maybe he wouldn't. But I think I think you're right. I think it speaks to this 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 the mentality of of do you want someone who, if they do decide to prosecute. People in Donald Trump's orbit—they're going to be viewed as legitimate prosecutions. Or are you going to put someone in who will reflexively turn off, you know, a, some sizable portion of the country because they're just viewed as going after their enemies? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and if we do a special counsel investigation on on Giuliani, do do we want a Mueller or do we want a, we- a Weissman? You know, we have to sort of think about uh, what's best for getting shit done versus what's best what's best for the country.
2: Right, and I think that, that's you know again the the sort of existential question going on right now is is uh, you know how, what do what what do we need to do um, I guess to, to do we want to you know people talk about this like truth and reconciliation after Trump do we want to unearth every bad act that ever happened just to clear the clear the deck clear the air and then move forward or do we want to sort of do the the Gerald Ford look you know cl- you know I'm not going to delve too deeply into my predecessors' bad acts because we wanted to move forward as a nation. I don't know. I don't know what, what Joe, where Joe Biden ends up if he wins.
0: Yeah, hopefully I'm uh, hopefully he's on the side of letting the Department of Justice do its job and putting somebody who prosecutes crimes in the Department of Justice. And then it takes care of itself. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this. This is such an important piece by you and Natasha. I really appreciate you talking to me about it today. Uh, uh, where can listeners f- find this piece and find you?
2: Uh, it's politico.com or I'm at, I'm on Twitter at Kyle D. Cheney and uh, uh, You will see me there opining or or relaying our stories frequently.
0: All right. Thank you so much, uh, Congress, congressional reporter for Politico, Kyle Cheney. I appreciate you spending time with us today.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Hello, friends. Thanks for listening to The Daily Beans. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Caliper CBD. Life is extremely stressful these days. We need to practice self-care, but practicing self-care shouldn't bring you anxiety. Uh, The great thing about CBD is it helps you feel better without having to make big changes to your routine. If you have not tried CBD, I really recommend it. It's helped me feel less anxious and more calm. It's helped me sleep easier. And I've even felt less sore after long workouts. My favorite thing about Caliper CBD specifically is they've introduced a better way to consume CBD, which is an easy to use powder. Unlike oils, Caliper CBD powder is completely tasteless and it mixes easily in any food or drink. And it has precisely 20 milligrams in each packet. So you'll never question how much CBD you're taking again. I like to put some in my morning coffee or tea right before bedtime to help me sleep and it's clinically proven you absorb 450 percent more cbd with caliper cbd powder compared to tinctures that is so much more and caliper gives you all the benefits in just 15 minutes that's twice as fast as cbd oil and so it's super fast acting and it's completely thc free so you get all the benefits of cbd without any intoxicating or mind-altering effects caliper is made with all natural non-gmo ingredients there's no fillers or added chemicals or artificial flavors so take care of yourself but make it easy on yourself to do it with caliper cbd Get twenty percent off your first order when you use promo code daily beans at tricaliper.com slash daily beans. You can try caliper CBD risk free for thirty days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. That's tricaliper.com slash dailybeans. And don't forget don't forget promo code daily beans for twenty percent off your first order. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, Ah, oh, it's only what is it Wednesday and oh goodness, yeah. And I need, I feel like I need the good news, like I need it on a Friday. We still have two more days of this shit this week, and then we have a whole other, you know, nine days until the election. After that, or excuse me, until the election, until voting ends, is what you know people are saying now. Instead of because we're in the election as we speak,
1: we're in the election. What record numbers have voted, almost 30 million, probably 30 million by the time this airs. That's incredible. Yes. And I'm so happy
0: we talked about earlier, Mark Elias, that, or they won their case in Pennsylvania. They're going to get to count votes up to three days after receiving them. Um, it's That's just fantastic news. And hopefully we'll keep winning these cases Across the country, I think there's still like 38 pending cases of of Republicans trying to stop people from voting because clearly, you know, clearly they feel they're doing well and want the voices of the of you know of the electorate heard
1: uh i think cornyn was the jackass that uh we were talking about uh the record numbers of early voting in texas and he's like see it's not hard to vote in texas and i'm like you fuck face do you have any idea how long those people stood in hours because they hate their government right now yeah i mean come on they hate you that's why (laughs) everyone hates you john cornyn
0: (laughs) everyone hates you they're all gonna Um, laugh at you Uh, But, you know, speaking of the voices of the people, uh, we have some good news stories.
1: And I'm grateful.
0: I am so grateful. Uh, And the first one here is from Rachel. Uh, No pronouns given here, but Rachel says, Hello, Beans team. I have a confession. I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I spend my days with my son. Since COVID happened, my husband has been working from home. Our new quarantine arrangement has given us the opportunity to spend more time together, including cooking meals. Emotionally, our household is supercharged because we are tired, cooped up, and at the mercy of a very vocal two-year-old. I'm in the process of weaning my son off breast milk, and I've noticed that my hormones are making me more sensitive. The other night, I was cutting vegetables and singing The Farmer in the Dell with my husband and son. When we got to the last verse, where the cheese stands alone, I had oh my God. puddles of tears rolling down my face. My husband looked at me in disbelief. <laughs> And laughed his way through the rest of the song. <clears throat> although many of the memories from this quarantine have not been worthy of cherishing, I will never forget the time I cried because the cheese stands alone.
1: <laughs> oh, my God, Rachel, I love you, whoever you are. This is the one of the best <laughs> confessions news stories both i i think this is a this is a good news this is a good news confession that was amazing the cheese, the, stands alone. The, the cheese
0: stands alone the poor cheese the humanity i don't even know how to i don't know how to top that oh the cheese anity that's amazing thank you rachel
1: Ah. Uh. Rachel, thank you for that smile, too. Next good news we have is from Martin, pronouns he and him. My cheeks hurt. I'm still smiling I from know, now. I know, uh, Martin says, hi, this is a good news story and a bit of a confession. I learned a few days ago that I'll be defending my Ph.D. in geography, uh, locational preferences of U.S.-based inter- institutional investors for the time period between 1999 and 2018. That's his focus. On November 3rd. I tell my relatives that my work is basically mapping the location of large banks, hedge funds, and pension funds and that's how cha- and that's and that changes over time. Goodness, my apologies there. Uh, so Martin continues to say I phoned my mom as soon as I had the date and I tell her that I think there's something important on November 3rd but I can't quite place it. My mom confidently states that it's my cousin's birthday. <laughs> Well, honey, it's your cousin's (laughs) birthday, Martin. In my mind, I'm like, that can't be it since I don't memorize birth dates since I left Facebook reminding, uh, remind me of them. But I did remember that my cousin Amy's birthday was early November. So I let it go. A few hours later, I texted, I was texting a friend and then it hit me. My defense is on US election date. Hilarious. Hopefully I'll have two reasons to celebrate with my bottle of 20 year old scotch on that evening. Cheers from Canada. Woo! I do love that. That's why uh, he said the election date and not the, our actual election because it's a it's a Canadian that I love is still having their bottle of scotch mm. good and ready mm. for whatever happens.
0: Yes. Thank you for uh, celebrating and or drowning and or celebrating yourself. And, you know, you're. I know you're going to do fine on your orals there, but... Wow. Yeah. And keep in mind, Canada, we might not know that night. Yeah.
1: Oh. So just you, you'll have to you'll have to keep a little more scotch in the bottle just in case.
0: Yeah. Well, we can always give Rachel some because of the cheese, you know.
1: And... Oh, my God. Allison, the cheese stands alone. dude.
0: That's the title of the episode. It has to be. It has to be. Uh, Next up, we have a confession from Patty, pronouns she and her. At the beginning of the California shutdown in March, I purchased four lightweight female urination devices, picture included. I thought if I ever wanted to travel, as if that were an option, I would be reluctant to use public restrooms. The device is like adding a boy pee-pee to your girl parts. It actually works. Snug it up, big part in front, and you pee standing up. And now I know why men lift the seat. That stream splashes. Hey, guys, wipe the rim. Unfortunately, I haven't had the desire or money to travel, so they sit in the cabinet for some future trip. Maybe it'll be a snow-covered landscape where I can pee my name into the snow. I wonder how much pee it takes to write patty. I might have to settle for pat. <laughs> what I think I might use it for is for those damn urine samples you have to give at the lab. This device would be perfect for that. A bit more confession. I made a stamp that says Trump is evil, and I stamp it on all my paper money. <laughs>
1: Hopefully, circulating oh it all over California and beyond. I love that they just con- they had just uh, com- well, ad- admitted to committing a crime Gosh. on your podcast. I know. Okay,
0: there's no last name included. Don't worry. Urination in public or defacing money. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, she's included. Um, Patty's included. Pod pet pictures, including. Uh, oh and then says thank you uh, bean pod ladies you make my day and I hope the membership I donated is being enjoyed oh thank you for
1: donating a membership oh thank you yes
0: oh look oh there's a, oh goodness there's a sleepy fellow
1: oh cat in a box
0: oh look at this orange toad look at the face oh and then oh yep your cat has arrived yep cat in a box cat in the box one step one put your cat in the
1: box, step, in the two. box. step two <laughs> <laughs> These are such cute cats. Don't close the box. Yeah. <laughs> Poke holes in the box. Step four. Uh, uh. That is the biggest bone. And I never thought as a lesbian, I would say that out loud. That is the biggest bone I have ever seen, Allison. (laughs) This dog is carrying what could only be a a Tyrannosaurus Rex bone. Oh, my goodness. That's
0: so great. Thank you for the pod pet photos.
1: And speaking of, and I was going to say PS, no pun intended. I actually have one of these little P styles. It's a different shape. Uh, But they are, they come in convenient. Like for those of you that like ride your bike long distances, or if you're driving across country, or if you're camping, uh, ladies, there's some really good brands out there. Don't get the paper ones, but these <laughs> these uh these plastic ones you can just wash off now with a wet wipe, are very handy. Mm-hmm. Th- very handy. Mm-hmm.
0: Fuds, they're called in the military. Female urinary devices.
1: Oh, see, you know, I forgot. You know, all right. Uh, this next one is a short one, but this is from Tina. No pronouns on this one. I got carded trying to buy cider and rum. I love these people so much right now. I got carded by trying to buy cider and rum. The clerk thought I would. I could be nineteen, maybe twenty. He was so convinced that my ID was fake that he. Okay, that he called a cop for assistance. Luckily, the cop could tell that my ID was real, and I was able to get my booze home to celebrate. The good news is I'll be thirty-one a couple of days before the election. My secret: avoid. <laughs> sunlight not necessarily the sunshine or uv rays but tina's avoiding sunlight at all costs um but i agree with you i actually been better about covering my face alice and i played soccer as a kid yeah and man when we were young we didn't we didn't know you know we and i just man i just hope everything's still okay but now i'm wearing sunscreen every time i walk out of the house because that's the thing to do
0: yep and now you know especially with our ozone layer as it is it's even worse yeah so. but congratulations i've never had anybody call the cops on like i I haven't been carded first of all in a very long time but when i used to be in my 30s i was why we get so excited but nobody was ever like i'm gonna need
1: just to have the police check this out that's that's a feel-good story right there That is. I just think it's funny now when they're carding people. I'm like, I have a mask on. Like, you have no idea who I am, if I'm actually who I say I am in my license. (laughs) I have a hat and a mask on. (laughs) Uh, I was standing next to an ATM the other day. I felt so bad because I was standing there with a hat and a mask on. And the woman's like, are you using this? And in my head, I'm like, no, but it really looks like I'm about to rob the place. Like, because I'm standing next to an ATM. Oh. I'm being very careful about my surroundings now. Mm, Definitely. And the sun.
0: Next up. Yes. From Lena. Lena, uh, pronoun she and her. Lena says, some great news. My brother was convicted of a felony almost 20 years ago. He was under the impression that he would never be able to vote in an election for president. He's now 40 years old. (gasps) And though he cares deeply about politics and researches policies relentlessly, he's never voted. This year, while talking to a friend that works in community outreach for underserved communities, I brought the subject up to her, and she encouraged me to look at the statutes for our state, Arizona. It turns out that his voting right was restored automatically when he completed probation and paid his fines. He was really nervous because he'd heard so many horror stories of people being convicted of voting illegally. However, he voted early in his first opportunity that he was aware of to vote in a presidential election. In his lifetime. I'm so happy for him. I feel so bad that I didn't research this more for him sooner. I hope we flip this red state of mine blue this year.
1: Yes. I love this story, Lena. That is awesome. I think more people should look at that stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't think they can vote because of that reason, and they actually can. I love that story. Yes,
0: that's so so wonderful. I know they're doing a bunch of outreach in Florida because they just changed that law. And um, I think, you know, they're reaching like tens of thousands who didn't know that they could vote. So this is so great. And we do need to flip Arizona. And I think Mark Kelly will beat McSally. Uh, Hopefully, you know, maybe we'll get rid of Ducey out there. Douchey I call him. And uh, uh, yeah, I think that would be absolutely outstanding. So wonderful. Awesome.
1: And our last good news story for today is from MK in ABG pronouns she and her. My mom's assisted living has been great throughout the pandemic, but a recent positive test of a staffer member resulted in residents being quarantined in their rooms for a couple of weeks. This week, we're again allowed to do short visits at the entryway, masked and distanced. My mom was able to complete her absentee ballot. Awesome. She's been adamant about voting and was so happy when i told her i was coming i snapped a quick photo when we were done and sent it to my daughter who posts on instagram that photo is photos attached and it says it all she looks so happy look at her
0: she's got she's first of all she's beautiful Yes. And she's got her ballot and it, it says love to see it, you know, right behind her. And then it says, well, I guess now I got to stick around another four years to vote him out. My grandma, <laughs> November 8th, 2016. That's so i love crazy. to see it.
1: And look it at is... her manicure and she's just
0: lovely. What a lovely woman.
1: My goodness. Good news. Good news stuff. I loved today's good news stories. Thank you guys for sending these in and gals. I, I say guys and I know I shouldn't do that because I don't mean guys. But uh, thank everyone. Thank you everyone for sending these in. They These made my day today. Mm. That was a good laugh. Yes, I needed it. I'm going to go buy two things of cheese. Two things of cheese at all times because I don't want my cheese standing alone. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to get some hot,
0: you know, cheesy pizza and uh, indulge in that. <laughs> That's also my movie quote for the day. And... Uh, you know not just cheese, but maybe one of those female urinary urination devices as well.
1: Do it, do it, and just practice at home i mean don't don't try it for the first time out in public, <laughs> definitely practice in your own toilet but
0: and remember to lift the seat and then put it down when you're done. I know. <laughs> Well, any final things before we get out of here?
1: No, I think I've said it all. This was a great episode. I love these stories. We got good even the headlines. I mean, there are some consequences. The courts are holding up what they need to. We got good news stories and people are people are still fired up, I feel I feel some hope, AG. I feel some hope. Me too. And
0: if anybody needs to take a break, tag us in. We'll take you. We'll take the baton and and you let us know when you're ready to fight again. And until then, everyone, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I have been DG. And them's the beans.